Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered The Blast. We're discussing the game's expansion and the associated issues, both positive and negative, but beyond our shores here in Australia. We're joined by the head coach of the PNG Hunters and a wonderful operator, Maddie Church. Welcome, mate. Now, you and your side have arrived in Australia. You're quarantining in Queensland presently for your assault on the Q Cup this year. You also quarantine back in PNG. It is a massive undertaking. It's a huge undertaking, Andy. Thanks for having me on, um, firstly. But, yeah, just a huge undertaking, a lot of moving parts. Um, I guess I've um, spent a fair bit of time in the operational space, which doesn't normally sit under the head coach's role. Um, But just being able to align all those things from two countries and then, you know, to get access from Queensland Health. And obviously, you know, Queensland has one of the, you know, probably some of the tougher uh, boundary measures to get in or border measures to get in. So, um, yeah, it's been a huge undertaking. We've been really supported by um, um, DFAT, Aussie High Commission up in PNG and the Home Affairs in Australia. So the the whole undertaking across the two countries has been huge. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm certainly grateful to be here in, in Queensland now. How are you coping? How are they coping? Because the total number by the time you get out of quarantine is 31 days. Yeah, so the, yeah, we initially left. We we're going to leave um, on the on the seventh of February um, with a test on the fourth. Uh, one of our boys unfortunately returned a positive result, so then we all had to quarantine for a further 14 days, making that 17 days in in PNG and. And then now I'm 40 here, 14 here, sorry, to be 31 in total. So personally, I've enjoyed the last 14 days. My 17 days in PNG was very similar to what previous three months were, where I pretty much, sun comes up, I go to the stadium, the sun goes down, and after a couple <laughs> hours after the sun goes down, I go home. So I don't spend too much time in and around uh, other than you know, the, the meetings and stuff. So I've enjoyed this part of it because I've, I've been able to just sort of um, clock off a little bit and the boys are, I guess, under the watchful care of the Queensland police um, <laughs> while we're in quarantine over here. Um, yeah, the boys, are yeah, obviously, they've had challenges along the way. Um, unfortunately, one of our boys um, lost a stepmother yesterday, so mm-hmm. um, we're working hard with him. And uh, we, we try and stay in touch every day. We also have um, a welfare program running um simultaneously with what we're doing um, and they're they're a company that's based in Queensland but they they operate through the Pacific so they know all the challenges that are met with our guys so we do professional development with those people but also they do one-on-one uh, welfare checks throughout our state. You mentioned the word development it's about more than football this trip to Australia it's a season-long stay in Australia for this touring group yeah it's about footy but it's about so much more about personal development as well. Yeah, definitely. One of the, um, I guess, one of the great things to come out of the relocation is our boys have been granted a 408 visa, which will allow them to do limited study and limited work. So mm. the opportunity for them to um, explore options that they, those opportunities that might not exist in PNG, um, be able to do those so that we can return them as better Papua New Guineans. So um, yes, we want to improve the football program and I've got a number of consultants coming into our program, which we can, you know, really advance the football IQ of our group. Um, Back back in PNG, they struggle for internet. Mm. So to be able to give them um, 
video content or, or cuts of their games is really hard to do. We're, but in Queensland, we'll have Wi-Fi access at where we're staying and the ability just to be able to make them better players while they're not on the field as well is, is one of the huge upsides of, of being down in Australia. COVID has affected everyone and every business in different ways. What was the effect of COVID on rugby league in Papua New Guinea? Yeah, so very similar, to, I guess, to the NRL. They have a national competition that mm. consists of 12 teams. Um, that was put on hiatus um, for a number of months. Uh, they, they were actually one of the first, uh, outside the NRL, one of the first rugby league competitions to restart yep. after COVID. Um, they worked heavily with, um, I guess, the Project Apollo information and the sharing of information across the sport and, and, and put the similar measures in place in, in around to protect spectators and, and, and players um, back in PNG. So they did a number of they, – they only had one or two facilities that were operating, so all the teams would come into them. Yep. Um, you know, initially started with no crowds and then rolled out into you know, extending towards what we saw with the NRL. Um, so, yeah, it's a rugby league in that regard. Obviously, the Hunters didn't get to participate past the first round of 2020. Um, so I was mindful of that, that we, those guys are you know going back. And normally we'd send them back into the Digicel Cup competition, but, you know, normally it's our players 8, 18 to 30 that um, go back into that. So to be able to send your whole squad of 30 back um, and some, you know, some test players and stuff that we're mm. sending back there. So I wanted them to share their knowledge with all the young guys because, you know, the, and I'm I'm the same. Like I, I have all this knowledge, and I've done all these courses to you know obviously advance my career. Mm. Um, but it's no point that knowledge just sitting in my own head. So we pass that message on to the players to make sure that they go back and, and grab the younger guys and, and and show them the way. We think PNG. We think Justin Olam. Obviously, a fabulous story presently for a, a league mad country, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I, I've spent a bit of time with Justin. I obviously love his story and um, you know, played a little cameo part in, in his career. He's obviously um, done really, really well in 2020. Um, had, a, I guess, the end of 2019 started to break into the NRL squad. Um, Justin paints, paints a bit of a picture that uh, we certainly did to me that when he signed, got signed by the storm, he thought, oh, I did, I do everything right. And then when he got there, he realized that everything he did was the opposite of what Craig and what the storm <laughs> system was asking of him. Um, but Justin's a smart man. He's, he's got an applied physics degree at yeah. 21, which is, is very um, uncommon in PNG uh, that for people to finish degrees at such a young age. But yeah, the, the smartest part about Justin is um, he understood that the hard work started once he got to Melbourne and he's put himself in that position. And I think we've all seen um, the benefits of that. We don't have to be Papua New Guinean to, to love his intent on either side of the ball and what he brings to the game. And there's, yeah, it's, it's a, just a great story for, for PNG Rugby League. Matty, is the talent there in PNG to produce the next Justin Olam? Sure, we had Marcus by, but amazingly, um, Marcus is coming up on 18 years ago. It's a long time between. Yeah, I. Uh, this is something that I'm I'm quite passionate about, um, and this is I guess where my role sits as as the hunters coach and being able to look after development throughout the country. I definitely think that there is um, certainly more Justin Olams out there. That, that there's actually bucket loads of them. Wow, the talent pool of in PNG is larger than Queensland and New South Wales talent pools combined. Um, 
I guess the the challenge for me is the quality of coaching is not there. It's not the participants. Okay. Um, it's it's just the lack of quality coaching across the country to to make sure that we've got the you know them coming through and coming through regularly. So the talents there, the pathways that that's the system that that needs a little bit of attention at the moment, does it? Yeah, that's definitely the area that you know where my work is is focused. Obviously, we want to see our hunters be successful, but to to do that, we need to underpin that success by and how do we do that? So, um, we need to firstly, um, you know, players come to the hunters program usually in their mid twenties. Uh, that's just how 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 the system operates. They don't really go young, but I've made a point this year. We've got eleven new hunters into the into the program, and and ten of those are under the age of twenty two. Nice. Um, that's that's because I know that's the end product of what the NRL is going to look for. They want someone that's like Justin, that's twenty one, twenty two, that's got a long career ahead of them, but that but knows they still got a bit of development in them um, to 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 reach that. Um, so yeah, the pathways needs needs some work there. Um, I'm looking to, I guess, reform uh, an academy program they had when they first started, but it's since gone gone away. So just having that 16s, 18s, and 20s um, academy yep. essentially to start off with, and then once we uh, start to fine tune that, look at having an under 20s team in the Hastings Deering Queensland competition as well. So. Yeah, that's. I guess that's my job. That's one of the one of the many challenges that lie ahead as as uh, a Papua New Guinean coach in rugby league organisations and boardrooms across the world for a hundred and fifteen odd years. There has been debate, and not always does everyone pull in the same direction. Can we say everyone involved with PNG Rugby League is pulling and pushing in the right direction as one, or is there still? Is there internal issues that need to be resolved for the betterment of the game? The game over in PNG and, and certainly the governance is they're, they're looking to add better models and they've done a fair bit of research in the last couple of years from what I can see. Um, I, I think we've taken some steps in the right direction. Um, as you know, to have success anywhere in any organisation, it's not only having the right people on the bus, but it's also having the right people on the right seat on the bus. Yeah. Um, they don't know what they don't know, so that's the challenge. It's okay. you know having been involved in the Melbourne Storm system, have been involved in the Junior Emerging Origin program. You come from some really high quality operations and how things run and organised. Um, yeah. So, but because it's different, they they do try and retain um, a mentality that this is PNG and this is how we do it. Yep. But we don't operate solely in PNG. We operate in the world of elite sport, and a elite sport dictates a certain amount of things. And yeah, so yes, we're moving in the right direction. Could we could we be streamlined um, better? Yes, definitely. Could we be have better systems and processes? Yes, and that, that's where I hope my, my experience comes to the fore. Expansion of PNG Rugby League, and in fact, rugby league in general, is crucial. But it has to be calculated. Now, this is just my opinion, and I'm after just your opinion and opinions vary and that's cool but the last thing anyone needs is for expansion in the game of rugby league without the necessary framework in place and I recently read that the Prime Minister of PNG who loves his footy declaring PNG should perhaps have an NRL side before 2025 respectfully i just don't know if that timeline is realistic or achievable. Uh, I don't believe it's achievable uh, for PNG at this stage. Um, in the future, 
can the PNG have a have an NRL side? De- most definitely. Um, I think when I took the role, I guess I had the same mindset and was trying to change um, the that thought process of I um, oh, will just buy our way in. Mm. My 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 personal thought process is it's not a nightclub where they're going to let you play, pay at the door and you just get in. Yeah. Um, you know. I guess, well, the way that I see it, and people will probably disagree with how I look at it, but this is just my vision. The NRL, for us to be serious in the NRL or a serious contender is we need to take ourselves seriously first, and the NRL are going to want to see a lot of incremental or measurable um, development across the country. Um, I think we need to make sure that we're not just having you know, one Marcus Boy 18 years ago and one Justin Olam, you know, we need to make sure that we are converting those numbers more often and in, and, and more regular. Um, you know, we look at other Pacific nations and, you know, not all not all their talent is developed in the countries that they're born in yep. or that they associate with. But um, at the start of 2020, I think I read a stat that Samoa had 84 players in, in registered in the NRL that, are aligned with Samoan heritage. Mm. Now, you know, we've got only three NRL players that are um, born in PNG. Yeah, Justin, obviously. Um, but Nene McDonald and Xavier Coates were the only other ones that were born there. Others have obviously links to PNG, yep. um, but not all developed in PNGs. But yeah, the moment we can start converting that, and that's a measurable thing, and we get 30 Justin Olams, then you know our, our national program improves, but also the NRL start to go, oh, hang on, these guys are actually doing it right. Are there more out there? You're getting to work with these elite-level guys on and off the field. You know what they can do as footballers. You know who they are as young men. Are there genuine future NRL players within your system? Yes, I believe I've at least got one. He's he's attracted some interest from NRL clubs as it stands. We've had a couple of calls and a few people asking about him and some managers, I guess, uh, calling around PNG and their contacts. Um, but that was the reason I, I guess I went with with uh, the younger guys because I, I knew that they would be the ones that would be potentially on the radar. Yep. So I reckon I've got three or four, but this this one that I was I mentioned firstly, I think he's uh, Justin Olam 2.0. Um, a lot of similarities from the same Providence, plays exactly the same way, intent on either side of the ball. Um, yeah, he's probably a little bit larger than, than Justin was when Justin was at the Hunters, but yeah, certainly, and he's, he's also got a... Um, electrical engineering degree at 21 wow. so he, he followed a very similar i guess path and he played for the same club in in png and then now comes on to the hunters so i think he's got a big future ahead of him but there's a, there's a couple of other guys that i want to see at this next level um, to see if they can adapt and then if we can push them into nrl systems a huge year ahead have you got a message to the fans back home who no doubt they're all missing you guys already yeah i guess uh most people love uh, Papua New Guinea fans because how fanatical they are yeah. and they do want you to, they do want you to win every game so um, if I do have a message for them is um, they can be quite brutal at times with social media being a fairly new phenomenon in PNG so our boys are going to need your support uh, across um, across the country but yeah share some encouraging words and if I could probably even go a step further to any uh, Queensland or Australian fans that love their rugby league um, make the Hunters your uh, second favourite team in 2021. Always a pleasure, Matty Church. Thanks for dropping in on what has been a huge week on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. A wonderful insight, mate. We wish you every success for the year and the season ahead.